Hello, everybody. Crypto traders around the world. We're back with another episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net, a.k.a. Basic Cryptonomics. Thank you for joining here today. My name is Leister. I'm your host. We've got a couple topics I want to go through. First, let's get the particulars out of the way, and then we'll jump right into this. Once again, that site is CryptoTalkRadio.net. That's where you're going to find all of our past, present, and future podcast episodes. The podcast is on all major podcasting platforms as well. Feel free to check that out. Let us know what you think. Link at the top says contact. Click that. Fill out the form. Come straight in. We read each and every one of those. We appreciate hearing feedback from our listeners, whether you're a subscriber or not. We would appreciate your subscription if you're a first-time listener. We again welcome you here. We think you're going to find it's completely different from any other crypto podcast that's out there. And hopefully you get great enrichment to the point that you feel like you want to spread the word out there. The last thing I'll call out is our triad membership. The triad is where we are trying to build a community of serious investors, not the kids that say the word Jeet and say the word Keck and can't half read. We're talking serious investors that believe there's something to this cryptocurrency thing and they want to talk to other grown adults, other serious people. Get away from the toxicity. Check it out on the site. Click on triad. It'll tell you about our different tiers for joining the full on triad. If you still have questions, you can join us in our discord channel. CryptoTalkRadio.net slash Discord will take you straight there. And anybody will be happy to answer any questions you may have. Given that, let's go ahead and jump right into our content for today's episode. It's certainly been a rough couple for Leicester here in the last couple of days. January, whole Q1 really. Q1 has been a rough quarter. Not for cryptocurrency, but just for Leicester personally, a lot's been happening. Some unexpected, some expected, some just nonsense. And ultimately it all spins around, you know, people get older. It's normal, right? But you don't appreciate how fast things go. And this won't take long. I want to just share a quick story. I was chatting. I have people I've known since I was, you know, a kid and we don't talk on a regular basis, but they know that they can call me if, you know, for whatever, it doesn't matter if they're bored or need help. I had a coworker gal and she had called me at like 11 PM one time. And I don't know what in, in compelled me to answer the phone because I normally don't answer the phone past 10 PM. But in this situation I did answer and she was, she was, I didn't know it. She didn't say it, but she just kind of went into a regular conversation about life and her kids and everything. It didn't, I didn't ask. It didn't matter. Because I told her, if she needs me for anything, just reach out. Turns out she was, after all this, she was in the hospital and her friend was going through some surgery and she needed to be distracted. She just needed to talk about anything other. Now, mind you, this is this, this gal, she's married, she has kids, she has friends. She chose to call me and I took that, I took that respect, you know, personally. It's like, you can't take for granted when you happen to be and it, we're in a different world now, but when you happen to be that point of contact for somebody, and I'm only that for a couple of people, all girls, <laughs> I do have some, you know, male friends and they'll call, but nowhere near like with the females, just because it is what it is, right? So there was that. And then just the other day, I got a call from another childhood friend. This is a sister of a friend, but I'm also friends with her. And the funny thing with this one, she thought, because uh, if you didn't know, if you're new, by the way, welcome. But if you didn't know, um, I lost my brother a couple of weeks ago, um, rather suddenly, unexpectedly. And she had called because she heard 
that basically my mother had lost a son. And so she assumed it was me. So she was calling me to check on me. That was a little bit of a chuckle. But with this one, we had, we were talking on the phone like all the time, you know, and so then we lost contact. She's doing her thing. She works full time and she takes care of a lot of kids, some not her own. And, but she called me and just checking in, see how I'm doing. Another friend's sister, same thing. I had a major crush on this girl and she went through some rough stuff with the guy she eventually married. So I've always been kind of this, I've, I've purposely told certain of these people, you know, call me if there's something that you need, because I don't want you to feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, but I understand you got friends, you got whatnot, but I want you to feel like I'm, I'm here and I'm a point of contact. So when my brother passed, this kind of sent some shockwaves, but I wasn't personally surprised. I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised because I knew the kind of lifestyle that he was working under and I knew the stress and the pressure of the, of the pandemic and everything else. And I knew everything that was going on from my angle. I think all of us arguably, and I've talked to my other brother about it. I think all of us have suffered in certain different ways. It's just, could some of us have dealt with it? And some of us did. And some of us didn't. Some of us did, even though we didn't fully recover. Like I'm still officially in recovery, quote unquote, from a financial perspective. You know, I have certain physical things that I've, I've been in recovery on and I'm feeling a lot better now. Um, I mentioned there was a time when I had a really bad cough. And then in 2020 early, I think I might've gotten COVID. I'm not sure, but the way I felt was really bad. And then what was going on with the endeavors and everything else and the pain of 2021. Well, all of this and knowing that I have these people that I still need to have, you know, contacts with and depend on, and they depend on me. And then what happened to my brother, all put it in perspective. It was like, there's more to it. And I, I think you've heard me, if you've listened for a while, by the way, welcome back. I think you've heard me say, there's more to this crypto thing than just crypto. Like it's, some people get hooked on this crap. It's like, there's more to life than just cryptocurrency. That doesn't say ignore it. It doesn't say don't do it. It doesn't say don't keep an eye on it. But when I see these, you know, these Stockholm syndrome types of cults and all this form. And it's like, dude, do you guys not have any personal family? And I can only blame the demise of phone calls. Cause I know lots of these are younger folks where they don't like talking on the phone. I don't know. I, I'm not going to tell people what to do. I'm just going to bottom line it like this. I think the best of people came when we were talking on the phone, when we were having phone conversations, talking to each other, being in physical places, but even just talking on the phone and just talking out things and hearing each other's voices and bouncing off each other. I think we've lost that spirit. And as a result, cryptocurrency just created another echo chamber with a bunch of people who just use the word jeet to use the word keck and don't know what the hell they almost cussed heck they're talking about most of the time. Can't half read, can't have spell. And you know, it's distasteful. It's not the world I want to be mixed up with. That's largely why I don't go into a lot of the garbage because I already know what I'm going to be dealing with when I get on the other side. So then some stuff came up on cryptocurrency as I was, you know, after I was chatting with folks and stuff came up and I, I didn't, I didn't react. It's like, okay, well, it happened. What recent, what recently happened? It's a little bit of big, it's a little bit of a deal. It's a little bit of a something. And I want to talk about it and it will dominate this episode. And I apologize if it's not what you want to hear, but I think it's what you need to hear because it affects you, whether you recognize it or not, even if you're not in cryptocurrency yet, it's going to affect you in the future. And I'm going to try to explain my thoughts on this situation from multiple different angles, because I do believe, in my opinion at least, 
We have a long way to go yet before we get out of this. I'm going to start with some numbers. It's always do. Then I'm going to spin over into this business and it will dominate the rest of my episode here today. All right. So numbers real quick. You're noticing a little bit of dips. Ethereum is hovering around the 1550 mark right now as I record this. Dipped quite a bit very recently. If you zoom out to the month chart, you see that we're still in the green, but we're seeing a little bit more red creep in, which means usually that we're heading somewhat slightly down, not all the way down. And if you were not following everything that's going on, I'm going to summarize it like this. If you're new to the channel, welcome again. I have said on multiple occasions, governments do not want cryptocurrency to succeed. Governments do not want people to be enriched by cryptocurrency. Governments want to do everything they can to hold back cryptocurrency. This has never been more true or evident or apparent than what happened very recently. When, what I said is when they want to take action, they're going to go after what I describe as fiat on and off ramps. Fiat on and off ramps begin and end with centralized exchanges, but they also involve stable coins. The centralized exchanges ultimately are your pretty much your only path to getting cash off your cryptocurrency. The initial vision of cryptocurrency did not involve fiat. It became that because of greed. As a result, it paired somewhat to the stock market to where they move largely lockstep. This is damaging. As a result, we get the same volatility, if not greater in most cases than we had before this. We saw very recently localbitcoins.com shut down. Localbitcoins.com was a peer-to-peer exchange where you could trade your cryptocurrency with somebody local. And at one point they accepted cash. Cash is king. They shut that down. And I said that the demise of cash was going to be the demise of a lot of these. Paxful's still there, but Paxful has egregious amounts of KYC at every level. And it's hard to get anything other than common cryptocurrency. But the KYC is a joke. An absolute joke. I've gone through it a couple of times. It's a joke. It's not, I don't think it's worth it in my opinion because you're doing it way worse than any of these centralized exchanges. Fast forward. And recently there was an announcement that said the SEC was filing suit against Paxos. If you don't know what Paxos is, Paxos is actually the organization that's behind Binance USD, not Binance.com, but Paxos. They are the ones that created the cryptocurrency. You may not have known, but Binance USD actually was printing. It has an unlimited print, so it can print, print, and print, and print, and print. Because of the printing, because of at least the theory that it happens to be a security, this is what was believed, the SEC came down on them and says, nope, this is a security, and this caused a little bit of a fear. It caused a dip, but it caused a fear because the statement was, well, wait a minute. This doesn't pass the Howey test. How can you do that? And what people didn't understand is that You don't have to pass the Howey test for the SEC to come down on you. It just makes it easy for them to do so. That's what happened with Ripple. With Ripple, there was no definitive passing of the Howey test. It was all a statement from SEC that said, this is the problem here. And we're going to make that declaration. And it all went to court and has been hung up in court. So now, with this Binance USD situation in Paxos, let me give you the high level of what happened. The high level of what happened is that when the SEC made the statement, they believed that it is a security under federal securities laws. 
they said that, look, we have the right to regulate this. We have the right to cover and regulate this. While this is being sorted in the middle of all this, the state of New York, specifically the state of New York, not feds, the state of New York, came in and made their own claims around this Paxis and started an investigation. As part of this kind of dual attack, I'll call it an attack, dual attack, Paxis stopped minting new tokens. When they stopped minting new tokens, that had a net effect that I will talk about later. I'm not going to talk about it here right now, but I'll talk about it here in a second. So I want to just go a little bit further into this. Now, Paxis responded and said, we got this notice from the SEC about it being a security. We don't agree that it's a security and we think it's crap. And this is not going to go anywhere. However, it had a ripple, no pun intended, effect on the larger industry because USD Tether, another stable coin, was already in previous attack because of the nature of how it works. So Binance USD now, which, was, which is considered one of the larger ones, I think it's like the seventh largest or something, largest of the stable coins is under attack. Circle, which is USDC, previously was under attack. And then that kind of lessened off a little bit, which is a little bit sketchy. Well, here's where this gets really shady and why I, in some cases, think that the mob might even be behind cryptocurrency and influencing it. And I made that statement. And I don't care if somebody disagrees. I'm just making a statement as a theory based on some of the shady crap I'm seeing. Apparently, the reason that New York got involved is allegedly circled who's the organization behind USDC, quote, dropped a dime saying that, you know, we did analysis in the blockchain and Binance has some reserves issues going on. If you remember a while back, I covered the whole Binance insolvent and I questioned whether this was legit. That is connected to what's happening to Binance USD where allegedly people at Circle quote, dropped a dime saying that this Binance USD, which again is not run by Binance, but Binance USD is actually insolvent. It doesn't have enough reserves behind the stable coin. There's no evidence that it was truly Circle that did it. But when I say the shady business going on, you got to look at this. We've got USDC, which is by Circle, which has been heavily pushed by Coinbase and others as the really the only one that's trustworthy. In the past, you have USD Tether getting attacked for not having enough reserves. You have UST, as in Luna Classic, Luna, getting attacked because, and rightfully so, as algorithmic. You have Binance USD getting attacked and other stable coins getting attacked. But USDC has kind of been sitting off to the side and it's been the only one to date I have not seen aggressive actions from the federal government to crack down upon it. And I find that mighty funny. I'm not making any statements. I'm saying I find it mighty funny that all of a sudden this allegation that Circle was somehow involved in dropping the dime on Binance USD came to roost. I can't say that it was or wasn't. I'm saying I find it really, really suspect. Is all my, that's all I'm saying. So now, with all this smoke going around, Paxis responds and says, this is all crap. 
These are just as safe as anything like a money market would be for the same reason. Of course, that has nothing to do with whether it's a security or not. They're saying that from a safety perspective, it's basically the same thing. They're saying that we're dealing with blockchain. We're dealing with a public ledger. We're not dealing with something like a bank where these are not public ledgers and you can't really tell what's going on. So if anything, they may actually be more safe. And if you think about money markets, the whole point of a money market is very similar to a stable coin in the sense that it's trying to stabilize at around a dollar price, but still be able to pay yields. Now, they don't always succeed, right? But I think that's Paxis's point is I don't see how it's any different and why you're singling out stable coins in general and why you're singling out Binance USD. Why this, I think, affects everybody larger than what we're talking about here and why I think you should pay close attention to the this development as it goes. I think it's worth it. Keep your alerts on. Do something to keep an eye on this. Stable coins, by and large, are used for liquidity. Certainly, there is BNB, there's Ethereum, there's others like the gas ones that are used are liquidity tokens, but you were, you were seeing an increase in certainly Binance USD, certainly USDT, to a lesser degree USDC. You mostly saw the USDT on the centralized exchanges. Binance USD, you started to see to some degree on the descend side. But as stablecoins are getting attacked, if they're liquidity-based tokens, it creates a risk on the actual coin. Because if you have, now here's the, the pro and con of that. Obviously, them stopping the print of them, that's going to cause some instability because the whole point to creating stability is you either burn or print, mint, accordingly based on traffic and everything else to keep the peg. Looking at Binance USD right now, it has significant sell pressure just prior. And then just recently, it now sees a significant buy pressure only because as people are now buying, I think people are wisening up to what I said before. This is a couple months ago where I said, the only way we're going to get past this is for people to stop freaking out every time Gary Gensler does something. By selling, dumping, you're letting them win. You're letting them succeed. You're doing what they want you to do. If you buy, you're doing the opposite. The risk, the risk vector here is going to be the centralized exchanges and the sketchy descent. Sketchy descent means what? It means decentralized swaps that they're just going to quit because they're afraid, as has been the case with many of them. I am not telling you what to do. I'm saying that if you look at graphs right now, we see a lot of buy pressure happening but it's not the run-up that I want, which is no matter what they try to do to kill cryptocurrency by attacking the fiat on and off ramps, we see people do the exact opposite. If you see something that's blatantly obvious, they're trying to kill cryptocurrency, that you do everything you can to buy in, to create more pressure to buy, not dump. Unfortunately, because there are newer people in it, unfortunately, because of toxic communities, Unfortunately, because of shillers, unfortunately, we have a lot of people who just FOMO sell. There are people who openly admitted the moment they see red, they sell. When they see green, they buy, which is the opposite of what you should do. As long as we have people like that, you're letting the Gary Gensels of the world win. 
And this is not saying that cryptocurrency is toast. I do think that cryptocurrency will still succeed. But as I look at the numbers, and that's what I'll wrap up with, is a quick pass back on numbers to, to kind of round it. As I look, pat, look back at the numbers, we're no longer looking as good in terms of where we were going as we did before. We're still at a trillion market cap, which is great. We still have people buying in, but we don't have the same momentum that we once had leading into the end of the year. We now are trending somewhat downward again, not crap out down, but downward again. And it's going to take us longer to recover. Like that's the net effect is it'll take us longer to recover. What do we do about it? In the short term, there's nothing we can do. We have to let it all kind of flush out. I will say that Binance.com is in trouble. Not because of anything they're doing, but because of what they're not doing. They're not showing support for Paxis like they used to. At one point, they were totally up on board, and now they've kind of backed off. So there's that. Them banning the United States dollar for international, that's a problem. And I do think that some of this is a waiting game. So if you don't have the patience or tolerance for it, I recommend you get out now. That's if you don't have the patience, if you don't have that, that tenacity to say, I'm just going to stay the course, get out early, get out and don't let it affect you. I'm not telling you to get out. I'm saying if you can't deal with uncertainty and, and turmoil, get out now. Wait it out until you see a good opportunity to buy back in. But I think if you stay the course, long-term will be okay. But it's going to be a long ride from this point, folks. And it's unfortunate what's happening to Binance USD. I will say I don't think much of Binance. But I also don't like to see disruption coming from shady places. As I think the SEC, I don't think their motives are helping people. I think their motives are to harm cryptocurrency. And I think their motives are to cause fear. The reason I'm so confident of this and the reason I think it's a bigger initiative that they're trying to do secretly, the last thing I'll call out, and I do recommend you check it out if you get an opportunity. The SEC recently pronounced or announced some rules, and the rules are designed to make it harder for what we call institutional funds to come into cryptocurrency. So what does this mean? When we say institutional money, we're talking the big players. You know, we're talking equity firms. We're talking hedge to some degree pension. We're talking big money that just wants to buy in to use for their own reasons. So Bloomberg very recently put out a report that indicated that the SEC was working on some rules and the rules were designed to make it significantly harder for those organizations, not impossible, but significantly harder those organizations to get into cryptocurrency, where they're coming from, as an SEC, where they're coming from, is to increase scrutiny on cryptocurrency, and they're targeting the custodianship. I talked about this with the whole staking business. The custodianship is what SEC has an issue with. It's not about staking itself. They have an issue with the custodianship. They have the issue with somebody holding on behalf of somebody else, and then essentially taking a kickback, and they're Theory, whether good, bad, right, or wrong, is any situation where there's custodianship in place creates a risk that they should have oversight on from a securities oversight perspective. I'm not here to tell you it's good or bad. I'm not going to waste time. 
I'm letting you know it and making sure you're aware of it. Because if you are in your non-crypto world, so your 401ks, your IRAs, 403bs, or any other investment instrument that you have, if they are using ETFs or they're somehow allowing you to invest in cryptocurrency, what I'm saying is that this may create some turmoil over there. So nothing's safe. Nothing's safe. Precious metals aren't safe now. Regular stocks aren't really safe because they're volatile right now. And this whole business of being able to invest in cryptocurrency without that exposure isn't safe either. So no longer can you say, well, I'm only on the stock side or I'm only on my 401k side. Now, if you've never touched some of those, then you're probably okay. But sometimes you don't know. Sometimes your 401k, as an example, portfolio might include cryptocurrency as one of the investments through no knowledge of your own. If you didn't know, your company often picks your distributions for you unless you knew to go in and do it. So I guess my call to action for you would be make sure if you do have that exposure by way of something other than crypto, like a 401k, an IRA, or something else, some of the retirement fund is usually, if you do have that exposure, I would challenge you to just verify that you do or don't have anything that's cryptocurrency related in those portfolios. If you do, just make sure you're aware of it. Make sure you're aware of where and why and make a decision whether you keep it and take the chance because it's a risk. I don't think you're going to have a total loss, but just turmoil, right? Volatility. Or do you hang on to it? Just let it ride and see how it goes. If you're in cryptocurrency, and again, I say, if you're in crypto and you cannot deal with this type of turmoil and uncertainty with the SEC killing the business every time they turn around, my recommendation would be to get out now and then just buy it later when you're a little bit more comfortable because I wouldn't want you to be always worrying about your portfolio. It's not worth it. There's more important things to worry about in life. But if you're one of those that can hold and it's money you don't afford, you don't care if you lose, there might be something at the end of this because it could be that we go on a strong bull run once all the regulatory cloud has lifted and we get some clarity from the positioning of the SEC. Right now, the lack of clarity plays into why it's such a problem. They've not been clear and they've not been consistent. And the industry, the business has wanted clarity for a long time. And we may be getting to that point. I don't know. And then we have to see what 2024 looks like, a big picture. So if you ask me, I think that the long term just gets a little bit farther away. I don't think it kills crypto. I think it makes it harder for crypto to succeed. I think international is doing what they can because they still believe in it. But unfortunately, international follows the leader with the United States, which they shouldn't, but they do. That means that they're just as disrupted as we are. And as long as that happens, we're going to be suffering under the same inflation that that same SEC arguably is doing nothing about. So if it feels like a trap, I didn't say it. I'm just saying, kind of feels like it, doesn't it? That's going to do it for today's episode of Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. I want to thank you for listening here today. I know you have choices, whether you're a new listener or a subscriber. We appreciate each and every one of you. Check out our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. We have a contact form, the link's at the very top. We'd love to hear from you and how we're doing and what you like or what you don't like. We read each and every one of those. Also, check out our triad. The triad is a community that we're working to build forward of strong, smart investors the ones that want to lead us into the next generation of cryptocurrency to evolve cryptocurrency into a more mature investment strategy for people, help people as they're growing and they get into this space. 
We don't want the ones that say the word Jeet and the ones that say the word Kek. We want the ones that treat this as a serious thing. Join us on our journey. Until next time, take care, be safe. Please don't YOLO into projects, any project. It doesn't matter what it is. Be smart with your investments. Make sure you always keep a roof over your head, food on your table. Your family comes first. Don't get stuck in this. Our goal is to try to help keep you safe, but we're only an informing source. There are a lot of sources out there, some of which are not really looking out for you. They're looking out for themselves. So always be careful with the advice that you take and what you do with that information is up to you, but just be smart about it is all we ask. See you next episode.